You are about to hear the most interesting, informative, thought-provoking, opinion-leading, and funny show in America, on air and on the World Wide Web. This is The Rob Carson Show. I'm Mary Walter in for Rob Carson. I will be back with you on Friday as well. Looking forward to that. Hope everyone's doing great today. Uh, your last day of work if you are working. Uh, Gregory reached out to me on Twitter at Mary Walter Radio and said, with every deal made, talking about um, uh, Israel and Hamas and the exchange of prisoners, he said, with every deal made, the price for additional hostages increases exponentially. Israeli leaders need to focus upon the task at hand. I don't know if it's a good deal or if it's a bad deal. You know, I'm, I, I don't know. You know, Israel's been down this road before, so I assume that they know far better than I uh, what is a good deal for hostages and what is a what is not. So I just have to go with that. So uh, if you're just joining us, we were just talking about yesterday, a federal appeals court struck down Maryland's handgun licensure law. And uh, they said it's a violation of the Second Amendment because of the things that it requires of everybody and not just people who could pose a problem. So it sweeps up the people who have not broken the law, people who haven't done anything wrong, and it sweeps them up in this process that um, not only it takes time, but I would assume it takes money as well. And I look at that, I'm like, well, you're disenfranchising poor people. And you're disenfranchising African-Americans because they require an ID. And the left tells me that African-Americans don't have IDs. So um, that's a pickle. Uh, 1-800-922-6680 is my number. Tony in Pasadena, Maryland. Oh, excuse me, Troy. Uh, you are on the Rob Carson Show. Hi. Hey, Mary. How are you? Doing good. So what do you think about this, this striking down of this law? No, I'm totally all for it. I was very excited to hear about it. Um I think it was just a, you know, if you want to call it a loophole, another step, um, you know, for legal, you know, law-abiding citizens to have to go through something that, in my opinion, was unnecessary. Um, I am, you know, I have my concealed carry permit. And I remember back when I took the class for concealed carry, um, that also included getting the HQL. But even with my concealed carry, I wasn't able to pick up a gun that I purchased until I presented that HQL card. And an HQL kinda, for people who are not, wait, tell me just for people who are not in Maryland, an HQL is a handgun qualification license. Right. So, right. you know, typically the thing is if you, you want to go buy a handgun, you know, prior to yesterday, you've got to go take a four hour class. You got to, you know, you got to go through the process just to say, okay, you're qualified to use a handgun. But I don't think people realize even without that, Anyone who goes and buys a handgun in Maryland, you're still getting checked out. You know, um, you're getting background checks and all that. So the HQL step to me was just kind of ridiculous. I mean, I've I've got four kids and I've been teaching them how to use handguns and rifles since they were little. And they're, you know, my oldest is in her 30s. And anytime we shoot, we still, you know, go through the steps, the proper steps. It's like something you never you know, think, oh, they know how to do it. I showed them when they were little. And when right. you do the HQL class, if you just go take the HQL class, the, the people that are giving the class, are they the ones deciding if you're qualified? I mean, I don't know if there's any background check that's involved with that, but, you know, it's like, well, the people giving the class, maybe they just don't, 
you know, like like me, or they don't like the way I look, so are they going right. to disapprove me for it? You know, it's just kind of, it, it was, the whole thing's been ridiculous. So yesterday, of course, you know, when I heard the news, I was very excited. It's just, you know, yeah. one of those things. Especially it, when, it, you know, when Hogan, right before he left office, he made it to where, hey, you know, if you're not a lawbreaker, anyone can get their concealed carry permit. I don't know why yeah. they keep hounding, you know, the good guys and the good girls, you know, thinking that we're the ones doing the crimes because we're not. Right. Now, all of that being said, you know, I don't have a problem in my state. Um, we have to take a ridiculous test in order to get a concealed carry. And the state of New Jersey with Governor Murphy, you know, our dear leader, peace and blessings be upon him. He, you know, he he's made pretty much everywhere, a except your front lawn, a an area where you can't conceal carry. Right. Right. But I, I will tell you, I want, I don't feel comfortable enough. I would never just go get my concealed carry license without taking a class. I don't have a problem with having to take a class to show that you're proficient in, in how to, how to use it. I, I don't have a problem with that. It's kind of like, you know, before you get behind the wheel of a car, even though I know that one's a right and one's a privilege, I get it. I, you should know how to drive a car before you get behind the wheel. So I, I right, think also right. you sh- you should have to take a class. I'm not opposed to that for concealed carry. That's fine with me. So some of these things yeah, I'm not that, opposed that to. Yeah, with the concealed carry, you're you're absolutely showing you know your proficiency. They're not. They're never gonna you know go out on a limb for a person that definitely you know looks you know basically like they don't know what they're doing. Um, but you know there's there's just so much that is involved with it um and you know with the handgun qualification thing like i said i mean you could have a you know my my dad or my father-in-law you know in their late 70s and 80s who've you know been handling guns their whole lives you know Mm -hmm. they would have to you know go in and sit through a four-hour class to show okay okay we, we see you know how to you know handle a gun here you go we'll send you your card but you can't go buy you can't go buy anything you know until you present this card so I'm just really glad that, you know, the state of Maryland seems to be waking up with this, you know, quit, like I said, you know, hounding, making it more difficult, you know, throwing more roadblocks in the ways of, you know, the law abiding, you know, gun owners, you know, right. like said, we're, and you said, we're not the ones committing the crimes, you know. We, we right. We're, it's, it's not us. It's like yeah. that guy in California um, who who the, they the guys came up to me is going into his house and they came up to him with the guns blazing and they and he's like, my wife and kid are inside. He turns around very smart through his hot tea at them and then opened fire on them. Right. Because they they right. put a gun to him. They put a gun behind, right. you know, gun on him. He turned around and fired him. They came and took his gun permit. Yes, and he's the one who owns it legally, but the guys who are illegal were the ones who were causing the problems. You know, all this guy did was defend himself, but it seems so many um, of these very liberal jurisdictions don't want you to be able to do that. So it's it's the world turned upside down, and I think the pushback right. is reading, starting. You know, reading the, yeah. reading the uh, article in the Gazette yesterday where they talked about this, you know, you got a bunch of liberal people saying, oh, this unequivocally is going to create more gun violence and more murders. It's like, it's, how do they even get their head around that? When, you know, the people that are doing all the crime and people that aren't legally in ownership of a gun, they're not abiding by any of the laws. You know, we are. So, you know, right. I don't care what kind of, they can, you know, ultimately take our guns away from us. I mean, confiscation, but do they really think that the crime and the murder rate's going to drop? 
No, because, you know, the right. legal people aren't doing well, the crime in the murder. Yeah. And, and the people who are making those, we got to run, Troy. Thank you so much, and have a wonderful Thanksgiving and a great week uh, weekend. Thank you so much for joining me. Here's the thing: that the people who make a lot of these laws have prized, uh, taxpayer funded security. I'm for you want to ban guns. I I'm fine. You want to ban guns? That's what you want to do? Okay, that's fine. But the law has to apply to everyone. So Kardashians can't hire private security that have guns. Right. Nancy Pelosi doesn't get taxpayer funded security with guns. Congress, all those Capitol Police officers that are protecting you, no guns. Everybody has to rely on the police department. Everybody. The elites don't get theirs while the rest of us, you know, are sitting here trying to figure out how to use slingshots. That's not how it works. We're all equal under the law. Now, when you say that, they're like, oh, well, you know, because they're special. They're worth so much more than we are. It's like Nancy Pelosi doesn't believe, wall, doesn't believe that walls work. Remember, we were told walls don't work during the Trump administration. And walls are racist. But she's got one around her house. And they erected a big one around Congress. Huh. Weird how those walls aren't racist. Because it's protecting them. And it's, it's, it just goes to show you how they view us. How they truly view us. They view us as less than. They're so much better than we are. So if you can afford private security, that's great. But you know what? They can only have the same weapons that the rest of us can legally own. That's it. You do that. Okay, let's go. Let's see how this game plays out. Because it'll never happen. But that's the only way I accept it. Everybody's equal. 1-800-922-6680. And your comments on Twitter at Mary Walter Radio. Coming up on The Rob Carson Show. Bam! The holiday season is here, and we both know that the most wonderful time of the year can also be the most stressful, right? Two words, Omaha Steaks. I was so happy and so impressed with the quality of Omaha Steaks when I received a gift pack. I started sending them to some of my family, and they loved it. It's sort of become a family tradition, naturally aged for the ultimate tenderness, something that you'll notice right away, along with the juiciness and flavor of the world's best beef. This holiday season, skip the guesswork and skip the stress. Give them the guaranteed perfection of Omaha Steaks, a wide variety, plus mouth watering burgers, gourmet jumbo franks, and even easy-to-prepare meals. Do not wait. Go to omahasteaks.com to save 50% off site-wide and use the promo code CARSON to save an additional $30 on your order. Minimum order may be required. Your friends, family, or business associates will love it. omahasteaks.com. Take advantage of 50% off site-wide right now, and don't forget about the promo code CARSON. That's omahasteaks.com, promo code CARSON, C-A-R-S-O-N. Let's talk a little bit about travel. I'm Mary Walter, by the way, sitting in for Rob Carson. I'll be with you on Friday as well. Uh, if you missed our podcast last night, you can still watch it. If you're bored, you go watch it. You take your time. It's on uh, YouTube. I still have to edit it down a little bit. Sorry, I didn't have a lot of time to do that last night. It was getting late. Uh, uh, it's on YouTube. Just look for Mary Walter Radio. And you can also get the audio on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. That is edited down. Our guest uh, last night was Chris Tremoli 
from the Washington Examiner. And you will learn a very helpful hint about how to make your green bean casserole the bomb. I'm telling you. Maybe I'll share it later in the show, depending on the time. But um, it's amazing. It was a mistake on my part. It's awesome. Everybody loved it. Okay. So if you're traveling, you probably don't want to hear this. But sorry, I'm going to tell you about it anyway as a public service. So uh, yesterday, Carly Shimkus was on Fox, and she had Sonia Labrosco, who is the director of the Air Marshal National Council, on with her. And, you know, they've been taking the air marshals and they asked them to volunteer to go to the border to help process illegals on through, you know, because we don't want them to have to wait. We want to make this a smooth process for them to come on into the country. You know, here's here's the the boarding pass for the flight that you're going to get on without it, without any kind of ID. Where would you like to go? Sure. Palm Springs is beautiful this time of year. There you go. And and so we needed people to to expedite that process, change the baby's diapers, you know, feed these people, all that kind of stuff. Because we're running a, I guess, a, a, not only a tourism uh, uh, company here in the United States, but also concierge service as well. And then that became mandatory. So they went from just volunteers to taking the air marshals and making them mandatory. So um, they're talking here uh, in, in cut one. Uh, about the air marshals and with so many people flying this weekend, how does this affect the air marshals being on flights for so many people and so many more flights because this is the most widely traveled holiday period uh, in, in, in the country as we know and they're saying this Thanksgiving could be the most widely traveled than any in our history. Listen very carefully to what is said here. The air marshals are still down on the border. We are not flying right now. We just received an email last week that the resources are depleted as far as our flying air marshals. So we are ushering in illegal immigrants on the border and leaving the travel traveling public unsafe. We are not flying right now. We're ushering in illegals on the southern border and leaving the flying public unsafe. Huh. So Carly Shimkus, in her wisdom, her ears picked up and um, she followed up on this and she asked her, OK, well, how many marshals are flying? Cut to how many uh, air marshals are on planes right now and how many do you think uh, there should be to get to a safe level? Well, Carly, we're not we're not flying right now. The only missions that we're doing are Quiet Skies missions, and those are missions that are following the January 2021 people. So we're either on the border uh, for illegal immigrants or we're following folks from January 2021. We're not doing our regular missions where we're out there looking for the bad guys. So right now on uh, most flights, you're not going to have air marshals. What do you mean by that? You're following January 2021 people. What does that mean? That means our primary mission is a little group called Quiet skies it's a mission called quiet skies that we're following people that flew into the national capital region in january 2021 you did not have to go to the capital or the rally and you've been put on a specific list that tsa now has assigned air marshals to follow these people who have not had uh, any type of criminal investigation they haven't committed a crime but yet three years later we're following the same individuals day in and day out did you get that so one of the things she said is on most flights, there are no air marshals. There's nothing because they're down on the border. So you, the people paying for their salaries and paying for the service of having air marshals to keep us safe, which is the point of having air marshals, right? Um, yeah, they're not doing that. They're passing out water down on the, on, on the border. Uh, so yeah, you're, you're, you're left high and dry. So God forbid something happens. But isn't that great? 
no no air marshals and most flights have no air marshals and um what are they doing this program called quiet skies has anybody heard of this before people who flew in or out of the dc area around january 6 you didn't have to do anything you didn't have to be at the capitol that day but you committed the crime of flying in or out of that area and the government is now monitoring you and your movements three years later my i was like my brain just exploded when i heard that and you could see carly's face her brain exploded as well we go to cut three and she's like she asked for a clarification she's like wait what they didn't even have to be at the Capitol, Carly. They could have just flown into the National Capital Region. So if anybody was there for uh, a job interview, to visit family, we even had a gentleman that was there for a funeral. They put it, put on this domestic terrorist list just because of their geographic location to Washington, D.C. So these people did not even commit a crime. They weren't even at the Capitol. What? Do those people know that they're on this list? Some of them do because when they go to the airport, they get the quadruses on their boarding pass, and then they have to go through enhanced security. Then they're followed by teams of air marshals on, on any leg of flight that they have. So yes, a lot of them do know that they're being followed, yet they haven't been vetted and they have not committed a crime. And three years later, we're still doing the same duty. And we followed the same people over and over for three years who are no threat to this country. Wow. And then she went on to say, uh, she warned that passengers should be very concerned while boarding planes. She went on to say, quote, you need to look around and see who you might be able to ask to help you like a good Samaritan because you're kind of on your own. If anything happens, please don't wait. There's going to be no law enforcement that's going to help you. So you need to have a plan. Look where the ex exit doors are. Look where your flight attendants are standing around you. I would be looking around for a football player, a pretty big guy or a couple of big guys in case you need to take action. Well, that makes me feel warm and fuzzy. And and the irony of this whole thing, the flip of this whole thing is these people who are being followed for three years as they travel. It's like they now have armed private security everywhere they go. Right? Like, like think of the irony of this if you flip it. These people did nothing wrong, but the federal government is now spending our money for these people to have private escorts, basically. And they kind of, and she said, like, they know, they know what's going on. They, they know they're being followed. You probably, I guess you would see like the same people on the flight and, and, and they have to go through enhanced security and get, they get like the mark of the devil on their boarding pass. So they know that they're marked in some way. And this is how the federal government is, quote unquote, keeping us safe. They are more concerned with not um, inconveniencing people coming into the country illegally and making sure that they're comfortable and happy. And, and as we talked about yesterday, that their right pronouns, their proper pronouns are being used and because you can't misgender them when they're coming across the border. Uh, all, all that kind of stuff and making sure that they're being hastened on to the correct free flight, you know, for their travel arrangements, uh, getting their phones, all that stuff. And Americans, the citizens, are once again last under Joe Biden's America last policies. And we're the ones who are just being thrown to wolves. We're the ones who are saying, well, you know, listen, if somebody's on that flight and they're up to no good, just look for somebody really big. I'm sorry. If they've got some kind of weapon, I've got to look for somebody who can, like, stop a bullet with his teeth sitting around me. 
That doesn't make me feel good. Now, I will be honest with you. We'll fly a couple of times a year, not very often, maybe maybe twice, usually once a year uh, to go skiing. I don't really look for air marshals. I, it's not one of those things that I'm like, oh, I feel so much safer because there's an air marshal on this flight. I just don't. I'm one of those people who fears, eh, if we're going down, we're going down. And, you know, the upside to that is at least, you know, I'm going to be dead. I'm not going to be maimed. I'm not going to be you know, anything like that. I'm going to be dead. So to me, I, I guess I'm just a fatalist when it comes to that. I'm like, I'm rolling the dice. You know, it's going to go one way or another. But that is absolutely unbelievable. Thank you, Pete Buttigieg. Thank you, Joe Biden. And thank you, Kamala Harris, for the great job you're doing. All right, we'll talk some more coming up on The Rob Carson Show. I'm Mary Walter with you on the Rob Carson show. You can join me at 1-800-922-6680. I can also find me at Mary Walter radio on, on uh, X. So I just got this text from a friend who works at Fox. All right. So i just went to their webpage. It's not up on Fox news just yet. I'm rapidly looking for this story just to see if I can find it somewhere. But it is a developing story. It's not on Reuters either. But as I said, my, my friend is at Fox right now and sent me this this note saying, a developing story. There was just a very probable attack on the border of Western New York at a Canada-U.S. border crossing. Currently doing some evacuations. Some sources unconfirmed said possible vehicle IED. The Western New York border crossings are all closed and Western New York airports are on lockdown. So um, that's what we'll, I'll, I'll keep looking so to keep you updated, but I can't find it anywhere yet. So I'm, I'm, I'm looking for it and I will try to keep you updated uh, as we go along here. Okay. Ah, craziness always, it's always crazy, right? Uh, also, I wanted like, Hey, you know what? I, you we know you love Newsmax, right? We all love Newsmax. Watch it all the time. I do. I absolutely do watch Newsmax. I do. I really do enjoy it. It's not a lie. And recently, Newsmax had to stop their free stream on apps. So you could be missing Newsmax's best shows. Uh, Eric Schmidt, Eric Bowling, excuse me, Rob Schmidt, Eric Bowling, Greta Van Susteren, Greg Kelly, a lot more, our very own Rob Carson. So they launched Newsmax Plus and more than 150,000 people have already signed up. I know people who have signed up for it as well. Newsmax Plus lets you watch the Newsmax channel on your phone or your home TV. And with Newsmax Plus, you get into their streaming channel. Plus, so with this, you're going to get documentaries. You're going to get movies. You're going to get all these specials and a whole lot more that you're just not going to get on your regular Newsmax. So it's totally worth it. Newsmax Plus 
just launched actor John Voight's new series on Israel. And Newsmax Plus even has the best Donald Trump shows ever. So you want to get Newsmax Plus today. It doesn't cost you anything to start. You get to check it out. Just go to NewsmaxPlusPLUS.com for your free trial. There's no risk at all. So go to NewsmaxPlus.com. That's NewsmaxPlus.com. Millions are switching to Newsmax, and you can try it for free today. Highly recommend it. So uh, let's talk about something a little bit lighter, uh, a a little bit uh, uh, nicer. Uh, Maybe something. Oh, here we go. Hold on. ABC, I'm, I'm sorry I keep interrupting. ABC News now reporting the mayor's office in Niagara Falls says the Rainbow Bridge is closed, fall, which is the bridge by the um, falls uh, crossing the U.S. and Canada, is closed following an explosion involving a vehicle coming into the U.S. The FBI is at the scene and law enforcement is placing canine officers on each of the international bridges in the area as a precautionary measure, according to sources. Uh, the incident was near Niagara Falls. Um, bear with me as I read this. Uh, they're monitoring the situation. Uh, the bridges have been closed out of an abundance of caution. Okay, so so that's what we know as of right now. All right, so yeah, this this is happening. And um, ooh, there are pictures at where the the kiosk is. You know, when when you cross in, it is all blown up. So I hope no one was hurt. I hope no one was killed. There's fire going on. Um. In the vehicle coming into the U.S. on the Rainbow Bridge, all four international border crossings between the U.S. and Canada in western New York have been closed. So I hope everyone was safe. They're saying a car bomb was driven into a checkpoint and clearly it exploded. This is not good. Um, all right. Okay. So trying to I'm trying to multitask and keep you updated here, and I hope uh, I apologize for that. I, I want to go into something else, talking about your kids, and I know it's a it's a weird crossover, but I will keep. I'm going to have to just put these reports in here as they come across uh, my my feed here. In Florida, they ran a little experiment in Orlando middle schools, and they banned cell phones. And the parents lost their minds. People, the parents really pushed back against this. My kid needs to be able to have their cell phone at all times. So what they did is they allowed students to have their phones in their backpacks. The phones are turned off and inaccessible. And now, after this has been going on for a couple of months, they report from the teachers love it and the kids actually seem to like it as well. One of the teachers said the biggest change is that teachers are now allowed to teach. There are no interruptions. It's just the kids are really engaged with each other. They become collaborative in class. She said, I love that when you go into the cafeteria, they're not looking on their phones and just mindlessly eating. They're actually talking to each other, which is huge. They also say they've seen a reduction in bullying as students aren't taking and disseminating pictures of each other. Uh, she also said what they would do is they would go to, um, they would go to the bathroom at coordinated times and they would, uh, 
you know, get on, do, do videos real quick and post them and, and all that kind of stuff. So they're not doing that. They're actually concentrating. And I think it's wonderful. She said, I don't even think the kids really realize what's happening. She said, but I've talked to several students and they're really actually happy about it. That distraction is gone. Yet I find it interesting that the parents are the ones who are up in arms about it. And they're like, well, I talked to one yesterday who said, oh, what, what if, what if there's a school shooting? I'm like, what do you think is going to happen if there's a school shooting? Your kid's going to be hunkered down. They have procedures, right? What is calling you going to do? You want to know if your kid's safe, right? But if the phone is in a backpack and it's turned off, you know, do you want those phones ringing and letting the, the shooter potentially know where your kids are? No, um, I, I don't understand what it would change. Yes, it would make you feel better as a parent. I get it. You know, with your kids are, you know, shot or anything along those lines. But the odds of that happening are very slim, number one. But ultimately, I think the good outweighs the bad. 800-922-6680 or Mary Walter Radio on X to, to comment on this. I love it. And I know, uh, listen, I know we didn't have them. Um, when we were um when we were kids obviously we didn't have cell phones or anything like that and our parents we didn't talk to our parents for hours at a time when i was in second grade i left the house to walk to school <laughs> and my mother's like have a great day you know and there were a couple of kids in the neighborhood we walked together if i was late I had to go by myself and walked home sometimes by yourself if you stayed after school for something and and that was it so, and I don't, listen, I'm not saying cell phones are bad, but I think that when they're constantly accessible, when they're constantly being used by kids in the classroom, it is a, a distraction and it does take away from the experience. So if we can do something where our kids are actually, um, you know, getting more time with the teacher, getting more education, I think that's fantastic. And if you're a parent and you or a grandparent and, and you disagree, that's fine. I'd love to hear from you. You know, I, I don't have kids, so it's easy for me to say. And if I did have kids, they would be past that by now, okay? But um I I would my my husband and I always said if we had had kids, they would have been in Catholic school. That we knew they weren't going to the public schools, even though my little school in town, in my town, top ten in in the state for reading top 10%, top 10 top 20% for math. The the student to teacher ratio is 7 to 1, 7 kids to a teacher. So it's really great. Maybe they would have gone here locally, but I I, I don't know. I would have definitely kept a, a close close eye on them in that sense. So I I don't think I would have want my kids to have a um a, a cell phone in class. But that's just me. And maybe, who knows, maybe I would feel differently. But I do think that parents today are have been so scared and so frightened that their kids are wrapped in bubble wrap and they have no freedom whatsoever. And the pendulum, maybe, maybe our parents <laughs> were a little bit too free range back in the day. They had no clue where we were. There were no, there were no pay phones. There were no cell phones. We traveled in a pack. And, um, you know, we, we, we had to think, we had to know how to get in, out of certain situations. You know, we had to be safe. Um, we had to watch it. It's, uh, it was a different time. I agree. But I love that this experiment so far seems to be working and seems to be giving kids maybe a little bit of a better education 
in school. And to me, that that's a good thing. 1-800-922-6680. Or again, you can reach out to me on Twitter at Mary Walter Radio. I've got so much more. And we are going, we are going to talk turkey as well since it is Thanksgiving Eve. We're going to talk turkey a little bit later on the Rob Carson Show. Well, happy Thanksgiving Eve. I'm Mary Walter in for the amazing Rob Carson, 1-800-922-6680 or Mary Walter Radio Key. I'm still looking for updates on the explosion at the Rainbow Bridge between Canada and uh, the U.S. Praying that no one was injured. It doesn't look good. Um, In the meantime, let's go to Donald in Baltimore. Donald, you're on the Rob Carson Show. Hello. Hey, Mary. How are you? I'm doing good. So you wanted to talk about what this experiment in Florida, where they yeah. in middle school, no cell phones. They they can bring them to school, but they have to be in a backpack, uh, stowed away, uh, turned off, and inaccessible. Uh, and if you're caught with a cell phone, if the teacher gets to confiscate it, and they said so far so good. What do you think? There, I got to tell you, I'm an ex educator, many many years in the classroom, and. I, I, I believe in technology. I think it's great, but there's a time and place for it, and the classroom is not one of those places. Yeah. Um, I can remember back when I was a student, we didn't have cell phones. Uh, when there were emergencies, we were either paged to the office or we were escorted to the office. Right. Um, I, I just came out of the school system, school system within the last uh, five or six years, and it was a nightmare. Literally, I lost 30% of my class time asking students to put their phones away. Our policies for our county were, were very ineffective, I'll say that. Um, the policy was just turned off and put away, which was ridiculous because no one followed it. Right. I don't care how engaging you are as a teacher, you are no competition for a vibrating cell phone in your pocket. Kids want to talk to each other and do all kinds of things with those cell phones. And I lost so much productivity. And, and you know, students just... The, the grades were failing. It was absolute, absolute chaos with phones. So I'm, I'm a big fan of, of banning them for the classroom. I, I think that that's no place for the phone. It's my opinion. I, and it's yeah, no, I agree. Right I agree with you. You, you know, it, it, it teaches also a sense of restraint and moderation. I do think the phones are addictive. I see it in myself sometimes. You know, if I'm getting ready, you know, because I've been doing so many shows yesterday, uh, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, I've been doing two shows a day, so I'm constantly in show prep mode, constantly looking for news. You know, hubby and I would be having the 15 minutes that I've had for dinner this week, and, and he'd have something on TV, and we're watching it together, and he's like, why are you on your phone? Like, we're supposed to be watching this. You're on your phone. Put the phone away. You know, he, he's uh, put the phone away. So I see where it can become an addictive. It's almost like, a, you know, um, when people smoke, one of the ways to get them to quit smoking is they give them a carrot stick or a piece of celery to put in their hands so they don't miss that feeling. I think it's the same thing with the phone. You're so used to carrying it around. It becomes an extension. So it teaches them. Um, to, to, to kind of, you know, ease them off of it, that there's a time and place, you know, for, for everything. So I love it too. I think it's great. 
And you know what? I also, I love how you brought up how we were escorted to the principal's office. The dreaded, the worst thing in the world was the humiliation because you would get the call that would come to that classroom and go, oh, Miss Smith, uh, could you send Mary Walter to the principal's office? And everybody would be like, oh, <laughs> you'd have to get up and go. And nine times out of 10, your mother delivered your lunch, you know, <laughs> something like that. But yeah. there's a certain amount of, of, I guess, peer pressure that comes along with that. So I like it. Well, you know, I can tell you, even in graduate studies, this is just, just goes to show you how addicted people are to this technology. I was in a cohort with other graduate students or all for education. And I had, I had a math teacher specifically in calculus who, who, who just laid us all out. I mean, there were people on their phones in a graduate class because – because, you know, the attention was lacking. And she just said, you know, put your cell phones away. I won't use your choice words. But we're adults. We should know better. And this addiction has caused so much hardship for so many people on the road. I don't know if you yes. know this, but about five years ago, there was an actual flight, a commercial flight, that, that, was, uh, that overshot their final approach by, seven, by like 60 miles. Or it was a lot of mileage because they were in the cockpit busy on i think they were on ipads or laptops i mean it's crazy people people should have enough common sense to to drive a vehicle or especially fly a plane when they're responsible for hundreds and hundreds of lives what is going on with people and their attention span is crazy Absolutely. Well, yeah, that's that's another another great point about attention spans. Donald, thank you for the conversation. I appreciate it. And look, I'm not using a cell phone. I know you are, but you're actually using it to talk to people. And that's something else our kids need to learn. Donald, have a wonderful Thanksgiving tomorrow. I hope you get to celebrate it the way you want to celebrate it and, and have a great weekend. So that's the other thing is, you know, my nieces. I remember, never forget the oldest one when she was 16 years old. She's down the shore and she has, you know, her little friends and, and her mom invited me to come sit. And I, that's a very humbling experience. And being at the beach, at, you know, at my age and being surrounded by 16 year old girls, I was like, oh, okay, yay. And, um, but they were sitting in a circle and there were probably about eight of them. Every single one of them was on their phone. No one was talking. And, and I said, and I said something to my sister, I was like, look at this. They're not talking. It's so quiet. And she said, oh, they're talking, they're chatting. They're doing some kind of chat, Snapchat with each other. They're Snapchatting. I was like, this is ridiculous. These kids come out of school. They come out of college. They don't know how to communicate with a boss. They don't know how to talk to coworkers. They can't communicate face to face. And that is a skill that you need in the real world. So Florida, by doing this, is teaching these kids. And that's what the the teachers are saying is that they're collaborative in the classroom. They speak up. They give ideas. You know, like they're talking. They're talking to each other in the classroom. They'll learn conflict resolution, which we got a lot of people who don't know how to how to deal with any kind of conflict. And you see that with the temper tantrums by grown adults in airports and everywhere else. So I think it's a good thing. All right, quick break, and then we're back with more on The Rob Carson Show. I'm Mary Walter in for Rob Carson. Okay, a little bit more on this explosion at the Rainbow Bridge, which is the bridge between Canada and the United States at Niagara Falls. 
Uh, Fox News is now reporting, uh, is characterizing it, uh, according to sources, an attempted terrorist attack. Explosives were in the vehicle at the time. The two people who were in the car are dead, according to sources. A border officer was injured. The vehicle was driving from the U.S. to Canada, and they were attempting to drive toward the border officer building. All bridges are from Canada to the U.S. in that area. Four of them are closed. All government buildings in that area have been evacuated. And uh, international border crossings between Canada and Western New York are closed. Uh, a 27-year-old male was taken to Niagara Falls Memorial Hospital with minor injuries. His condition is not severe. So that's good news, assuming that that was the U.S. Border uh, Patrol agent. So that's good news. Upping security at airports. If you're flying anywhere, it's going to take even longer. But in my book, that's okay. All right. We're not done yet. There's more on The Rob Carson Show. You are about to hear the most interesting, informative, thought-provoking, opinion-leading, and funny show in America. On air and on the World Wide Web. This is The Rob Carson Show. And I'm Mary Walters sitting in for Rob Carson, keeping you updated. I haven't any, no news as of yet on the uh, what is being characterized as an attempted terror attack at the Canadian-U.S. border by Niagara Falls. So if you're heading out to fly, I would assume they say that they are upping security at the airports. So I would assume it's going to take longer. So you might want to get there earlier because they're really going to be uh, cracking down on security. So um, let's see, prompting evacuations. Yeah, there's fire. The large explosion went off. And uh, so far, only two fatalities being the two people who were in the car. Good. I I would hate for, you know, a border patrol agent or an innocent bystander in a car next to them or something like that uh, to be killed. That's what they want. Uh, One person reported uh, having been sent to the hospital with minor injuries. So so that is good. Um, Okay. Boy, a lot going on today. Uh, Jim Jordan this is going on Jim Jordan yesterday. This really didn't get a lot of play in the news because we're heading into a holiday, you know, kind of like long weekend for a lot of people not working on Friday. I'll be with you on Friday, though. So you can come keep me company. But, you know, by the time you roll out of bed on Friday at like 11 a.m., I'll be here with Brian. We'll be here uh, starting at noon. Uh, so so please join me. Uh, House Judiciary Chair Jim Jordan sent a letter to U.S. Assistant Attorney Leslie Wolf. Now we heard her name a lot. That gee, that sounds familiar, Mary. Yes, that name should sound familiar to you if you're paying attention. Uh, this notice uh, told uh, told her that she is required to come before the committee. This is called a subpoena uh, for a deposition on December seventh, a day that shall live in infamy. Uh, Jordan said the committee was seeking her testimony because she played a critical role in the Hunter Biden investigation, and he thinks that she can help advance the committee's ongoing impeachment inquiry into President Joe Biden. He wrote, in light of the department's refusal, the DOJ's refusal, to make you available for a voluntary transcribed interview, we have no choice but to compel your testimony at a deposition. So they ratcheted it up. I love that the DOJ is stonewalling the Congress. Remember, Congress has oversight power over the DOJ, FBI, etc. 
But the DOJ and the FBI and these other agencies have somehow deemed themselves a fourth unelected bureaucracy, fourth branch of government that we don't elect. And they now tell Congress what they will and won't do. It's a very dangerous situation. Do not underestimate what is what is happening before our very eyes here. Jordan wrote that the information available to the committee so far indicates that Ms. Leslie Wolf was, quote, responsible for many of the decisions to deviate from standard investigative protocol in the Hunter Biden probe, including objecting to the execution of a search warrant on Hunter Biden's storage unit, barring investigators from interviewing Hunter Biden's children, or following up on criminal campaign finance violations and telling investigators to remove references to President Biden from a search warrant. Now, we know this from the two FBI whistleblowers, Gary Shapley and Joseph Ziegler. They testified that Wolf shut down a proposal to search a guest house where Hunter had lived on Joe Biden's Delaware property and prevented a search of Hunter Biden's storage locker. And remember, they also gave a heads up to Hunter that they were going to to search it. He was given a heads up that they were going to look there to see if there were any any files there, because they thought that some of the the files that Joe Biden took, which, you know, he's not going to supposedly not going to be charged criminally for, you know, those classified files may have been in the cottage where Hunter Biden was staying on the property. And they thwarted that that search there. Uh, and he goes on to say, given your critical role or given your critical role that you played in the investigation of Hunter Biden, you are uniquely situated to shed light on whether President Biden played any role in the department's investigation and whether he attempted in any way to directly or indirectly obstruct either that investigation or our investigation. So that flew under the radar yesterday. And that that that's a big story. That's a big deal. So, and, and again, a lot of the stuff that the Republicans do, um, it doesn't get a lot of media coverage because the media doesn't want to put any kind of spotlight on Joe Biden. They don't want you paying attention to anything that could possibly be happening, uh, with Joe Biden. Also flying under the radar. Did you see, maybe you saw this, you know, cause I know people who listen to talk radio, you tend to be more informed. I get it. So, but there, there are people who, some of these things I miss. You know, because especially if I'm not preparing for a show, yeah, I'm I'm looking at news, I'm watching news, I consume it, show prep is every day, you got to know what's going on. But sometimes things, there's so much sometimes that you just miss stories. This comes out of Martha's Vineyard. Ah, Martha's Vineyard, where all the rich people live. Remember, Martha's Vineyard is where, I think it was Ron DeSantis sent that busload of illegals. And Martha's Vineyard was like, wait, what? Because they're a proud sanctuary island. Because they figure nobody's getting to that sanctuary island. So they're a proud sanctuary island. And um, they fed them bowls of cereal and post-haste shipped them right off that island. Because they're very welcoming. Well, apparently, one or two stayed behind. Escaped the, uh, the, the roundup. One of them being a 37-year-old named Saulo Cardona Ferreira. He was wanted. He fled his country of Brazil. Uh, he has multiple criminal convictions and is wanted primarily. He was supposed to serve a prison sentence for raping a five-year-old child. He is a child rapist and apparently is one of those gotaways. 
you know, those people that you don't want to be picked up by uh, Customs and Border Protection. They don't want to be picked up at the border. They're not surrendering themselves. They're the ones who are going around and they're gotaways and they get into the country because they don't want anybody to know that they're here. Well, you know, we should worry about it, though, because they're only sending their best and their brightest and people who just want to come here for a better life. Oh, and child rapists. And this guy somehow made his way to Martha's Vineyard. So he fled the country before they could jail him. He was apprehended by ICE's fugitive operations team during a vehicle stop. Uh, A spokesperson said that they were alerted via a law enforcement data review to his potential presence in the area in September. So ICE began an investigation and they apprehended him near his address uh, on November 14th. And he's now in custody. I'd love to know where he was living. Like, was he living with citizens? Were they harboring this guy? Who was he living with? Were they other illegals? Because if so, they all got to go. Every single one of them. There you go. Super easy. Round them up. Bye-bye. Here's your plane ticket. See ya. And the left's all upset because Donald Trump says he's going to start the biggest mass deportation. And so now they have morphed that into he's going to put you into concentration camps. That's what they've morphed that into. Pretty sure that's not what we're talking about here. But these are, these are the problems with these open borders. And the left will never recognize this. And I hope it's a shock to the people in Martha's Vineyard that, yeah, there was a, a guy who, uh, who was convicted for raping a five-year-old living in your midst. But they just look at them, I think for the most part, and they've, they've articulated this in the past. We've heard, I forget who it was in Congress who said, well, if it weren't for these people, who's going to clean our houses? We need these people. They're doing jobs. They're cleaning our houses. You know, it's like, we, what, they're, they're, you know, they're doing our, the landscape, whatever. So, oh, my gosh. What, what a ridiculous, could you imagine, you just say they're picking our cotton and it would have been the same thing. It's just as racist as saying that. Yeah, we need these people here because they're doing the jobs Americans don't want to do. We need them because, you know, you know they're, they're, they're uh, doing the jobs Americans don't want to do. They're cleaning our homes. Who's going to clean our homes if we don't have people here illegally? Unreal. But this is the way that they think. So um, I'm glad this guy is off the streets, but now, and I don't know if they'll extradite him and send him back to Brazil. I don't know. But these are the people who are coming across our open border and living in your neighborhoods. You don't know who these people are. And this is why people in our inner cities who voted for these politicians and who said, yeah, we're going to be a proud sanctuary city. And they're like, yay, because I vote Democrat all the time because, you know, my, my parents did or this is, you know, whatever, for whatever reason, you vote Democrat all the time. Now you've got your schools being turned into shelters for illegals in your neighborhood, your kids' sports fields having tents put up on them. And now you're suddenly like, wait, what? Yeah, guess what? You voted for it. Martha's Vineyard, very wealthy, very very liberal. You voted for it. You got a guy who raped a five-year-old. You still thinking this is such a good idea? And what's shocking to me is these people don't put two and two together. The disconnect in their brain is absolutely amazing to me. They still don't see a problem with an open border. It's not open. They told us it's not open. 1-800-922-6680. 1-800-922-6680. Again, just sharing some news stories that um, seem to be flying under the radar. You know, people kind of wake it up. It's, it's, it's interesting, and I like it. I do. It's fun to watch. Uh, you can reach, out, reach me on Twitter at Mary Walter Radio. 
I'll get to your calls. And I got more news for you coming up. And I'll also look for uh, updates on this attempted terrorist attack at the U.S. Canada border. I'll get, bring that to you on the Rob Carson Show. one 800 is my number. If you want to jump in, coming up, we're going to talk turkey yeah, a little bit. Got to have it lighten it up just uh, a little bit. Uh, you know, and we're talking about this attack on, on the northern border between Canada and the United States. And, you know, they're closing down the, board, the, the border crossings there. Southern border, though, wide open. Have no fear. You want to cross illegally? You can still come to the southern border. It's just that the northern, well, the northern entrances are temporarily closed. But feel free to cross illegally along our southern border at any time at your earliest convenience. We're insane people. We are not a serious people when you think about this. But we may be waking up. And here's another one of the stories that that makes me makes me think this. Oregon was the first state to decriminalize hard drugs. So they decriminalized everything, okay? Fentanyl, heroin. You know, you do you. You do you. Go ahead. And honestly, I'm okay with that. You do you. But I'm not paying for you to wind up in the hospital. You know, you overdose. I'm sorry. This is a decision you're making, okay? Here's the notice. We're done. You're not sleeping on the sidewalk. You're going to have to find a place to live. You know, you if you want to you want to fry your brains in the comfort of your own home, go for it. But none of this sleeping on the sidewalk and you know, taking over parks and all that other stuff. Nope. Uh-uh. None of that's happening. You figure it out. You made the decision. You you figure it out. So um, they believed when they passed this that decriminalizing hard drugs would make it easier to get addicts into treatment. And shockingly, addicts didn't run off to treatment. Who could have seen that coming? How, are these, how can these people be this dumb? It's amazing. But there seems to be a growing feeling in Oregon that um, this experiment has backfired. And now support is building for a measure that would go on the ballot next year to start prosecuting drug users again. Uh, it was originally, the measure 110 was backed by 58% of voters in a referendum in November of 2020. Again, people learning that you get the government you vote for. Huh. It's funny how that works out. Three years later, 56%, almost an exact number, uh, back repealing this law. Uh, only a fraction of addicts have been given quote, what they call tickets. They got a ticket for a drug offense instead of jail time. And what they're supposed to do is they're supposed to then go sign up for rehab when they get the ticket. You're supposed to go sign up for rehab. It's kind of like giving a, giving um, one of those appearances, notices to appear to when an illegal comes across the border. And in four years from now, they're supposed to show up at this at a, in front of a judge, you know, to, to appeal their case, you know, why they should be allowed to stay here. And shockingly, they don't show up. It's the same thing with these people. Weird how criminals don't follow the law, right? It's odd, and some people are just figuring that out. So they say, now I'm not going to go to rehab. Just give me the $100 fine, which they never pay because they can't be bothered going to rehab. They don't want to go to rehab. People have to hit rock bottom. Addiction's a terrible thing. I had two cousins who were addicted. One of them sadly overdosed and died. 
And they did, the family did everything they could to save him. But some people, you just can't save for whatever reason you can't. And I can't understand it. And the other one, it took him decades, decades. And now finally in sober living, but it's got to be a choice that they make. You can't force them. Um, they say in the past, they were just dealing with older drunks, but since since Measure 110 was passed, the people now are younger and more belligerent. They just do whatever they want. They are defecating and urinating anywhere they want. Um, one business owner said police have been sweeping the homeless people away, so I and my staff can just come to work. They can't get in the building because they're camped out in front of it. And he said, it's not helping our business. There's a shock. Uh, Measure 110 was supposed to get people into treatment, but there isn't the infrastructure to support it. Yes, this is what happens. We love the upfront idea. We talked about this yesterday with with uh, all this uh, electrical stuff. Everybody's going, you know, New Jersey's got to be, everybody's got to have an electric car by 2035. They're not going to be allowed to sell uh, anything but electric cars. There's, the infrastructure is not there to support it. The desire to buy the electric cars is not there either. You know, you can't have a gas stove in the state of New York. They're not allowed to sell them anymore. Uh, okay. Well, you don't have the infrastructure, the electrical infrastructure there to support this. The same thing with this. The process, they thought you give these people a ticket and they're just going to voluntarily show up to rehab because they all want to get off the drugs. They don't. If you've ever known an addict, they don't want to get off the drugs. They say they want to, but the hold over them is so strong that they can't. They can't deal with the realities of life. And even sometimes, sadly, when they hit rock bottom and you think that they're, that they're healed or they, or they, well, you never, you're always a recovering addict, but you think that they finally have gotten hold of their demons and they overdose. You, and, and here you thought everything was okay. They know how to fool you. They know how to work it. And, uh, and, you know, saying, oh, well, otherwise you're going to be fined a hundred dollars if you don't go, they're not paying the hundred dollar fine. So, you know, good for you on the effort, but the road to hell is paved with good intentions. So these people who are business owners are suffering. And one of the guys, and he said, I have friends who work in social security. They say only about 30% of the IDs that they have are from Oregon. So people who wanted to just sit around and do drugs all day moved to Oregon so they could do that. Uh, it's, it's the liberal experiment just attracted more d- drug users to Oregon to be able to do whatever they want. They didn't have the capacity to treat these people. They don't have the capacity to to house these people or give them food or anything along those lines. Uh, so uh, the penalty of the hundred dollars would be lifted if they called a self help line and sought treatment. But as I said, only thirty. Th- 30% did. They said about 6,000 people were cited, but fewer than 125 actually called the self-help line. Uh, according to the police chief, we don't, uh, in Eugene, Oregon, we don't even really have one successful example of somebody that went from a citation issued on the street to self-assessment to addiction services to a place of wellness. Not one. And he said the state is actually on pace to shatter the record for overdose calls. That's where this has gotten them. Businesses now are up in arms and they want to see this changed. And now the people are, are waking up. So to me, there's, there's a good part of that story. In the sense that people are waking up, people are starting to see this. And it's the same thing with the earlier story with Martha's Vineyard and the five-year-old child rapist from Brazil 
who just walked into this country and made his way to Martha's Vineyard because that's a nice place to live. And those people are all for, you know, they're very liberal. They're a proud sanctuary island until, you know, they start to get some of the illegals. Then all of a sudden, they're not so much into the sanctuary thing. So it's an interesting process. I don't know if it takes hold. I don't know if it lasts. I don't know. Maybe that's something you could discuss on Thanksgiving this year. That would be a fun Thanksgiving conversation to have. So you figure it out yet, Uncle John? (laughs) We're going to talk Thanksgiving coming up here. I'm Mary Walter, and you're listening to the Rob Carson Show. like a little spooky, like a little Halloween-y. Doesn't really sound like very Thanksgiving-y. You know, we need we need a little Alice's Restaurant for a little Thanksgiving-type music, right? Love that. A lot of stations around the country play Alice's Restaurant in its entirety on Thanksgiving. And if we miss it, well, my husband and I always put it on. <laughs> and then it's stuck in my head all day. Okay, uh, let's do a quick update. By the way, I'm Mary Walter in for Rob Carson. And if you want to jump in, you can do so at 1-800-922-6680. Or uh, you can reach out to me on Twitter at Mary Walter Radio. So let's see, uh, what do we have here? Quick update on on the explosion, the attempted terror attack. It is now being uh, called that, an attempted terror attack uh, at the Rainbow Bridge, which connects Niagara Falls, New York, to Niagara Falls, Canada. It happened on the U.S. side. So uh, the, the explosives were in the vehicle. So they're saying that, where is this? Hold on, hang on here. Um, I've got so many different ones. Okay, surveillance video. The, well, first of all, they, there are believed to be two fatalities from the incident because the car blew up. It was filled with explosives. The car blew up. There was one person who was injured who was taken to the hospital with non-life-threatening injuries. The Niagara Falls mayor's office said the incident involved a vehicle crossing into the U.S. from Canada, and surveillance video showed the vehicle stopped at an initial security checkpoint. The vehicle was then directed to a secondary security security. <clears throat> excuse me, security checkpoint. And at that point, the vehicle sped up and crashed in to the secondary screening location. What triggered the initial security stop is not immediately clear. It was also not immediately clear what caused the explosion. So now some reports were saying the car was filled with explosives. Um, Let me tell you, it was based on what I'm seeing video wise, it's a pretty big explosion. And fire and the the checkpoint area it has it's almost like a toll booth if you've never I've only been there once but it looks like a toll booth and I'm looking at some of the the pictures and video and they have you know the 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 overhead all over the top connecting each one of the the little guard houses right and you can see that that area there is pretty blown apart investigators. 
according to ABC News, have found some sort of suitcase or briefcase on scene, and they are treating it as a possible explosive device as a precaution, and the bomb squad is handling the package. Uh, Again, all four Canada-U.S. bridges over the Niagara River have been closed out of an abundance of caution. But have no fear. Southern border, still wide open for all of your illegal immigration needs. Ridiculous, right? Buffalo Niagara International Airport says they're increasing security with car checks and additional screenings for travelers. And the White House is monitoring the situation. Here's the thing. Not a terrorism expert. But I would hope that this is something that would make you shut down the border, period. Not just a couple of crossings in New York versus Canada. You know, the southern one, too. Do you think that if all these people who came across this country illegally, uh, especially the Chinese-age military people, uh, military men who have come into this country, if you don't think there's going to be some kind of coordinated attack in this country, I think you're being really naive. And you know what? I pray you're wrong. I I mean, I pray you're right that there won't be a a coordinated attack. But if there is, do you think it's going to be in one spot? Do you think that they would just send a car over, you know, into one checkpoint? And so you just close that area because nothing's going to happen anywhere else. I don't know. I I think with all the people who've come into this country illegally and what's going on with Israel and Hamas and all that, I, I think there's some bad juju running around. And I think we need to be really careful. And I just don't know if we are. I really don't know if we are. Okay, let's move on, shall we? So th- this is cute. And this is interesting. It's about Thanksgiving. I want to talk about, um, you know, happening Thanksgiving. I have these conversations every year. So this family, this is on TikTok. And this family does what they call a Thanksgiving Day Draft. All right. And um, they there's five. There's uh, six, six kids. And this one woman, uh, her name is Rast. Her last name is Rast Cedarburg. She's right in the middle of it. She's right in the middle. And they're in their 30s. So the kids are all grown up. So uh, Colleen Rast Cedarburg, they're out of North Carolina. They have a Thanksgiving draft. So she put this video out on TikTok. And what she has is they do a, 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 a Zoom call with the parents and with all the siblings. And everybody picks what they want to either make or the chores that they want to do. And they give a, a dish. Every dish gets a value point from one to three. Cranberry dish is a one. Turkey's a three. And everyone has to have a total of eight points at the end of the draft. And um, so, and some of the tasks have different things. So some people, uh, there's a job of a kitchen manager. And if you do it for an hour, you get so many points. And you're in charge of you know, cleaning up as they go along, making that, that type of putting things away, making sure the kitchen doesn't get too crazy, maybe doing some dishes, loading the dishwasher, unloading the dishwasher if it needs that, you know, like the kitchen manager, you get so many points if you're not a cook. People who, who want to cook, don't want to clean, don't do that job. But everybody's got to have eight points at the end of it so everything's even because people felt like, hmm, you know, you're not cooking and then afterwards you're watching TV. So they wanted to make it even. So here she is. So I just want to give you the idea of what she's talking about. And here is her TikTok video. Okay, so this is how I do Thanksgiving so that my siblings and I don't kill each other. Basically, we give every dish a point value from one to three. A cranberry dish is a one, turkey is a three, 
and we all draft what dishes we want to make. We also do this thing called Flex Kitchen, which means you basically hang out in the kitchen for an hour, and your job is to keep the kitchen clean. So unloading the dishwasher if it needs ready, loading it, helping out the people cooking, whatever it takes to keep the kitchen moving. And this is what it looks like when we're done. So everyone has the same amount of work on the holiday. Whoop, whoop. I love this. I love this because usually it's mom who gets stuck doing all the work, right? You know, my Italian neighbor, she's, she, her mother comes over and, and her father came when he was alive and they do things, you know, like they're making their, their own meatballs and they're making their own lasagna and they're, they're, they're doing, you know, stuff and clams or doing everything. It's just crazy. And then, so when we go over there, we do all the cleaning up, but there are absolutely some people who don't do anything. You know, I showed up with brownies. I'm like, yeah, it's not the same. So I'm curious how you deal with it at your house. Do you have any traditions or anything fun along those lines to decide who does what uh, when it comes to the work on Thanksgiving? Because, uh, you know, it's, it's, it doesn't always come out fair, but I love that. I think that that's a cute thing that, that they do there. Now, if you're one of these people who's like, I'm not cooking, that's fine. And I kind of think like people who go out for Thanksgiving – I have mixed emotions about because part of me thinks like, well, you know, the people who work in those restaurants, they want the day off. You know, they want to be time with their family and friends, right? Because Thanksgiving is one of those holidays where it doesn't matter what religion you are. It doesn't matter what your, what your skin color is. There's a, the only people who hate Thanksgiving are the people who hate life. And they're like, oh, it's a celebration over the invasion of the indigenous peoples, you know, those people. You know, there's always one or two, right? At every Thanksgiving, you always got one or two. So there are some restaurants that are open. Uh, let's see. Hours may vary, but most McDonald's, Burger King's, Wendy's, Taco Bell, and Jack in the Box, Hardee's, and Popeye's restaurants will be open on Thanksgiving Day. And uh, most of these restaurants have like apps that you can put on and you can check near you. You can find coffee at both Starbucks and Dunkin' on tomorrow, but again, check the times. Krispy Kreme locations close at two local time. Chick-fil-A, out of luck, they're closed. Good for them. Good for them. Zaxby's uh, closed too. Cracker Barrel, open during normal hours with a limited Thanksgiving menu. They're also offering heat and serve turkey feasts that can be pre-ordered for takeout. Golden Corral serving holiday meals that feed six to eight people. Orders must be placed 72 hours in advance, so you're out of luck there. Yeah, you waited too long on that one. Uh, let's see. Applebee's, Bob Evans, Boston Market, Buffalo Wild Wings, Red Lobster, Ruby Tuesdays, TGI Fridays, and Waffle House. Uh, check your local restaurants. Uh, P.F. Chang's, Texas Roadhouse, Red Robin, Bonefish Grill, Chili's Olive Garden, Outback Steakhouse, Cheesecake Factory, all closed. And Domino's, Papa John's, Pizza Hut, Little Caesars, and Mod Pizza, M.O.D. Pizza, are all open on Thanksgiving Day in case you want fast food. I just want everybody to be able to handle the holiday or spend the holiday the way that they want. There's so much emphasis on family and getting together with family. Some people do a Friendsgiving and some people just want to be left alone. I get it. I get it. You know, and I feel badly because there are some people who probably do want to spend it with, with friends or family and can't for whatever reason. So, you know, I, I, I feel for them too. I just hope everybody gets to, to spend it the way that they want to spend it. Now, I want to get your calls on this, 1-800-922-6680. Quinnipiac University did a poll, and they found that 61% of Americans don't want politics discussed on Thanksgiving. Are you one of those people, or are you part of the 29% that says, oh, no, bring it on. I love politics at the d dinner table. And why or why not? 
Which camp? I want to know why you fall into each camp. Like, why do you want it discussed or why don't you want it discussed? 800-922-6680 or hit me up at Mary Walter Radio on Twitter. I love this. I, I, You know what, though? I have to tell you, because it's my job to talk politics, everybody wants to talk politics with me. It's amazing. And they'll look at me in the corner and go, so what do you think about... I'm like, dude, you know, it's like if you're a doctor at Thanksgiving, I'm not going to sit there and say, oh, hey, my knee hurts and like roll up my pant and go, could you just look at this for me? Politics is my job. Talking about it's my job. So I don't I, I, I don't want to. I, I don't know. I kind of don't like that. I, I'd like a day off, please. Thank you. So I'm not a big fan uh, discussing politics at um, at the holidays when I so I fall into that tw- uh, that 61 percent are like, you know, no, no politics. Uh, that 61% is down three percentage points last year, 64%. 2017 is when it went above 60% because of the advent of Donald Trump and left pe- the lefties losing their ever-loving minds. So I want to know, maybe you enjoy it because you love triggering certain family members and you're like, oh, this is going to be great. 1-800-922-6680. More turkey talk and your calls coming up on The Rob Carson Show. Okay, for those of you who are aficionados of the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade, I don't know, I, I growing up in the New York metropolitan area, that was just always a thing for us. You know, when I was a kid, my mom, brilliant, would put us in front of the TV. We each had our own box of cereal, so we weren't, we wouldn't get in a fight. Everybody had their own. And, and we would sit there, and we, the only rooms we were allowed to go into was the bathroom and the rec room in front of the TV. And, um... And my mother and we were not allowed to move until Santa arrived at the end of the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade. And being kids, we were hopped up on Count Chocula and Santa's coming, Santa's coming. We were crazy people, but we managed to keep it inside that room because we knew if we left, my mother would turn off the TV and then we couldn't see Santa come at the end of the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade. And that was the worst thing that could possibly happen in kingdom at the time. So, so she was brilliant. So we'd sit there. And then after that, the local uh, channel there um, out of New York would, would play March of the Wooden Soldiers, which we would watch until my brother would get scared at the boogeyman. And then we would have to turn it off for a little while and come back to it. So it's kind of a tradition for me to watch it. Although I think this year I'm probably going to wind up sleeping through it. But if you are watching, if you're anticipating it, it's the 97th annual Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade. I've never been to the parade because there's no place to go to the bathroom. You have to get there really, really early or else you wind up so far back you can't see anything. Um, And the thing to do, it used to be you would go at night. You go the night before where they were blowing the balloons up and it was a big fun thing to watch and nobody knew about it. Now everybody knows about it. And some of the balloons, they blow up on the Jersey side and they bring them through the tunnel. Some of the floats and stuff like that, they come through the tunnel, which is cool to watch too. But now everybody does it. So that's become a thing now too. It gets really crowded. So it's not as much fun. So if you're watching, it's the 97th annual one. This year's parade will feature 16 giant character balloons, 26 floats, 32 novelty and heritage inflatables. 12 marching bands. I love the marching bands. Uh, 700 clowns and eight performance groups. Uh, guess who the celebrity is going to be? Cher. Because, you know, she loves America. 
So having Cher, that's a great thing. Um, personally, I think the only reason Cher is going to be there is because she's preparing to release a 25th anniversary edition of uh, Believe, that that album that came out, won all, all these Grammys. And she just dropped her first new album in five years called Christmas. That is the only reason Cher will be in the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade. I just don't think of her as a proud American, you know? Um, there will be appearances by Belle Biv DeVoe. I haven't heard their name in ages. Uh, Brandy, Chicago, and Vogue, and Hyphen. Don't know who they are. David Foster and Catherine McPhee. Drew Holcomb and the Neighbors. Got nothing. Uh, Jesse James Decker, Ashley Park, some Muppets from Sesame Street, Pentatonix, Paul Russell, Amanda Shaw, blah, 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 blah. Okay. They're going to be uh, Olympic gymnast is going to be there. Jordan Childs, Paralympian Ezra French, a Paralympic gold swimming medical medalist Jessica Long. Miss America is going to be there. They've got some new balloons beagle scout snoopy blue cat and chugs this goes to show you how old i am i'm like who uh kung fu pandas poe leo monkey de luffy pillsbury doughboy and uncle Dan- i thought the pillsbury doughboy was already in the parade it was a balloon maybe it's a new one because he was already in there and uncle dan i got no clue who that is either uh there will be broadway musical performances now some of these people are upset about because some of the people who are performing are men who are playing the roles of women and so people are upset about this like why couldn't you have the woman from from the play be be in it but no they're gonna have the dude who's playing the role of the woman who's gonna be performing so you know what broadway's too expensive to go to anyway i love going to broadway i still love going to broadway tickets are so ridiculously overpriced you can't afford it you just can't afford it so I haven't been to a Broadway play and I can't, oh God, I can't remember. It's been like easily 10 years. Um, so that's what you can expect in the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade. Coming up, I'm going to tell you my secret to the best green bean casserole ever. Even if you go, Ew, green bean casserole, that's disgusting. No, no, no. You are going to love this. Trust me. I'm Mary Walter. You're listening to the Rob Carson Show and I wouldn't lie to you. <laughs> jump in we still got some time 1-800-922-6680 i will be back with you on friday yeah we'll be here brian and i'll be here rob taking the day off well deserved time off for rob so so good for him and um you can catch me at mary walter radio on x you can leave comments for there for me as well i try to keep up with them there's a lot of them, but I, I, I do try to keep up with them. No more updates, by the way, on that attempted terror attack at the northern border. Uh, but as I said, southern border is still open for all of your illegal crossing needs. So here's my my hint for you, and feel free to run with it. Even if you don't like the green bean casserole, which I love, first of all, you make it with French cut string beans. That's number one. That's my preference. You may not like it. Okay, fine. So one year, I accidentally bought the Campbell's mushroom soup with roasted garlic. Never even knew it existed. Bought it by accident. Okay. Brought it home. I'm like, all right, well, what am I going to do? I'm going to make it with this and see if anybody notices. And everybody was like, this is so good. What did you do? What did you do? This tastes so good. 
haven't made it the regular way since. Follow their recipe. I think it's like a half a cup of milk, and they even put a te- tell you to put a teaspoon of soy sauce in it. Uh, if you follow Campbell's recipe, use the mushroom soup with roasted garlic. Now I can't get it at every store. So I have to look online. Like I know I can get it from my Walmart, but my Walmart's like 30 minutes away. So it's a special trip. So I stock up because my local grocery store doesn't, doesn't sell it. But I am telling you, it is a game changer. Try it. It's not an overwhelming roasted garlic taste. It's just enough to give it this extra flavor. It is phenomenal. I love it almost as much as I love the cranberry sauce in the can with the ridges. Do you know, fun fact, they took the ridges out of the can because that's an old technology and people were mad and wanted the ridges back and they had to put the ridges back in the can. Fun fact for you. Have a wonderful Thanksgiving, everyone. Lee, Brian, thank you so much. Craig, thank you. Rob, thank you. Have a wonderful, safe holiday tomorrow and I'll see you on Friday. I'm Mary Walter on The Rob Carson Show.